How are you this morning? Are you ready for God to do something great in your life? Yeah, me too. (laughs) Me too. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Church deacon was driving down the road with his young son, and, and he saw this watermelon patch off, kind of off the road, and he pulled over, and he said to his son, he said, you watch here, I'm going to go get us a watermelon. So he went in, grabbed the watermelon, and come back, and he said, do you look both ways? Son said, yes, daddy, nobody's coming. He said, so nobody saw me. And he said, well, no person did. (laughs) And he said, well, what do you mean, son? And he said, well, I think we needed to look up. You know, we need to look up. We spend too much time looking horizontally and seeing the problems in our own life, seeing the problems in this world, instead of looking up. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Having a pure heart, now hear this, having a pure heart is being so close to God that we don't have to look up. We see God in everything. That's what I want. I want such a pure heart that I will experience and see God in all things. For a pure heart changes everything. The way we see God, the way we see the world, the way we see ourselves, the way we see our future... And that's what I want to focus on today. Is the condition of our heart that opens the true eyes of our spirit. Lord God, may the words of my mouth and may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. May these words be your words, O God. Hide me behind the cross, O God, that for all that I do not speak, that you would have me to speak. Fill in the gaps. And for all that I do speak, that you would want me to use it, O God, for your glory. For you and only you are God alone. Amen. Well, we've been looking at the Beatitudes over the last couple of weeks. And just remember, as we've been talking about, that each of the Beatitudes build upon the other. First, admitting our spiritual poverty. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Realizing and grieving over our sin. Blessed are those who mourn. Turning the control of our lives over to God. Blessed are those who are meek. Striving for God in all things. To put God and others as a priority. As Jesus says in the great commandment. To love God and love neighbor as yourself. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And blessed are those who are merciful. Now Jesus moves to the hard stuff. It's hard because to be pure in heart takes a radical change. 
not, not only a change in what we do, but a radical change in who we are. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. The, the word there translated pure is the word katharos, from which we get our word catharsis. It is translated to be innocent without guilt. Literally, it means unstained, without alloy, to be pure. That metal which has been tried by fire, burned where all the impurities are, 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 are melted away. Uncontaminated. Scholars suggest that as Jesus uses this word here, that what he's saying to us is that we are to be without mixed motives, that we are to have no double allegiance, that we are single-minded, single-hearted. Um, a monomaniac for God. Do you want to be a monomaniac for God? You know what your friends are going to tell you? What are they going to say? You're a Jesus freak. You know what? I don't care. Now, I, I know what you're thinking. Well, that's easy for you. You're a pastor. Everybody expects you to be a Jesus freak. But let's think about it for a moment. What if, what if the church was filled with monomaniacs for God. What would it look like? What would it change about what we do? What if our neighborhoods were full of maniac, monomaniacs for God? That's why our mission is to take the name of Jesus into every neighborhood. Because we want to change. We want to see a monoemphasis upon what God is doing. Jesus said this in uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 24. He says, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. A monomaniac. Now, I know you're getting uncomfortable. I see a few of you kind of shifting around. You know, the, the shifting little diode that measures people moving around and getting uncomfortable in our, in our worship area here is going off real loud. A monomaniac? A mono, what about everything else in my life? What about everything else? Are you ready for God to do something great? A monomaniac for God. It is to live our lives as if everyone is watching, even when no one is watching. It is to live our lives, it is to live our lives wholly and completely for God. Now, I, I want 
to add this right here, is that Jesus did not say, blessed are the pure, for they will see God. If he had said that, then there would not have been a problem with the religious leaders of the day. He said, pure in heart. You see, purity implies a, an, a, an action, a behavior. And, and the religionists, the Pharisees of the day, they were experts in outward appearance. They were experts in behavior. They were experts in following the law. They were experts in, in doing the right thing. But what did Jesus say about them? That they were filled with dead men's bowl, bones, whitewashed. Their outward appearance was covering up that which was absent on the inside. No, Jesus didn't say blessed are the pure. He said blessed are those who are pure in heart. For Jesus knew that as our heart goes, our life goes. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. It is a matter of the condition of the heart. Jesus reserved the harshest words for those who knew how to mask their uh, true heart. Pharisees were just religious pretenders. They were outwardly portraying faith, but inwardly they were far from God. And I'm going to say this. There are more Pharisees today than we ever thought there were in Jesus' day. Outwardly pure, inwardly mixed, full of religious acts, but empty on the inside. You see, Jesus saw the pettiness and the pretense of the Pharisees. And when God looks at us, he pays little attention to the outward appearance. Now, that might be hard to hear because a lot of us are really concerned about how we look. Right? You know, (laughs) money spent on physical appearance is at an all-time high in our culture. Now, do y'all believe that? I don't have any amens about that. Money spent on appearance. And... (laughs) You know, it's, it, it is, it's, it's what, what it, it, <laughs> there are more people in, that are members of, of athletic clubs and workout places than ever before. Not that any of them go. <laughs> in some ways, we are like that. More than half of our society is a member of a church. But studies show that less than 10% of those are truly, actively focused on what God can do for their heart.
God looks past the behavior to the heart. Because that's who we truly are. The Greek word for heart is cardia. Huh. From which we get our word cardio. And anybody else hate cardio? <laughs> I mean, I love my heart. I just don't like making it beat fast. <laughs> the heart is the control center. It is what pumps the blood to our bodies. Um, it is absolutely incredible what the heart does. The number of times it beats a minute, the number of gallons of blood that it, beat, that it, that it pushes in a 24-hour period. But that's not what Jesus is talking about here. Jesus is talking about the control center of our life. A different kind of pump. That which pumps the presence of God to every space in our life. The passage indicates that when God looks at us, He looks at our heart. What would God see if God looked at your heart? Anybody want to give a testimony right now? Uh. Well, here's what I want to suggest. I, I, I like to call this sermon cleaning out the closet. You know, my closet is terrible. My garage is worse. <laughs> we need to clean out the closet of our lives. Because here's the deal. And uh, it's really interesting about those things that are pure. Let's say you've got a barrel of wine. If you put a teaspoon of, of sewage in a barrel of wine, what do you have? Sewage. Now, let's do the opposite. If you take a barrel of sewage and put a teaspoon of wine in there, what do you have? Sewage. It's the same way with our heart. Unless our heart is completely pure, unless our heart has that monomaniac complexion to it, And if our heart is unpure, we can come to all the worship services that we want to. And it's still going to be... Clean out the closet. Clean out the closet. Let go of those things that are standing in the way. And, and I, I, I know I've said this before, and I will say it again, and I will say it again, and I will say it again. We have got to let go of those things that separate us from God. Those things that are holding us back from what God wants to do. Both in our individual lives as well as in the church. As well as in the church. The story's told about a couple that bought a new boat. They didn't really know much about boats. They took it out to the lake, and they were, they were in trouble because they had spent a lot of money on this boat, and it just kind of puttered along. Well, they checked the gas. They checked this. They finally took it into the marina, and they said to the guy, something is wrong with our boat. So he checked the gas. He checked the oil. He checked the engine. He checked the propeller to make sure they had the right size propeller. Everything was in great working order. And he said to himself, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to dive down underneath the boat 
and see if maybe there's something going on with the way that the engine, the engine is, is connected to the boats. Something is not right here. So he dove down. He came up almost choking and drowning. He was laughing so hard. The trailer was still attached. What's attached to your heart? Clean out the closet. And here's the solution. Expose everything to the Holy Spirit. Expose everything to the Holy Spirit. I, when I was first into the ministry, I served out in East Texas. And the... The treasure, we created this, this parish concept where we got five churches together to work together on youth ministry, music, a lot of things. It was really fun. And the treasurer of the parish lived just barely a mile from where the parsonage was. And, and we got to be good friends. He ran a dairy. And he was, I'd, I'd go down there, drink coffee, and uh, other times he was kind of teaching me about the dairy business. And one day he, uh, he was kind of working in the back with this big, huge pile of manure. And I said, Jim, what are you doing? He says, I'm making fertilizer. I said, really? He said, oh, yeah. See, it comes out of the cow. And then if we mix it right, then we can put it back on the fields to grow hay. So it goes back into the cows. I said, how does that work? And he says, well, when you take manure and stir it and expose it to air... It begins to change. And I said, how often do you do that? And he said, every seven days. I said, really? I said, you know, our lives are kind of like that. When we expose our lives, our heart, to the Spirit every seven days... The manure of our life has a chance to be transferred into something life-giving. Do you agree with that, Josh? (laughs) Josh is such a yes man. I tell you what. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Yes, all right. I mean, think about it. I mean, we are so inundated and bombarded with the things of this world through every medium that we can possibly imagine. The least we can do is once a week expose ourselves to the Spirit. The least we can do is to come into some place where we can sing the songs of faith and hear the Scripture read and to, and to, and to hear someone challenge us, whether in a group setting or an individual setting. And without it, we do not stand a chance in this world. Amen. Did you hear that? See, that's the message that we've got to share with, with, with those outside of the church, is that the church is not a place of judgment. It's not a place of condemnation. It's not a place where we come and feel guilty. The church is a place where we come to find new life. 
to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, to let the manure of our life be transformed, to let our heart be emptied so that it can find purity. One motive, one desire, monomaniacs for God. And the promise is this, and this is really the cool part. The promise is, is that blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Those who possess purity in their heart will see God. And, and the word harayo, which is transferred to see, which is used almost 500 times in the New Testament, and most often it is used not with the physical eyes, but with, as spiritual eyes, and I believe those New Testament writers saw what needed to be done among the believers that they needed to find new eyes to see through the things of this world, to see the presence of God and what God was doing, what God wanted. It means to understand, to experience, to have insight. And, and further, it's used in a future indicative sense in that the people who have a pure heart will be continually seeing God at work. It is not a one-time thing. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see and see and see and see and see God over and over again. I can't tell you how many times I've been asked the question, how do you find God's will for my life? Have you ever asked that question? What is God's will for my life? Do I need to take this new job? You know, do I need to, uh, to go ahead and ask this person to marry me? Do I need to, um, do I need to make this decision? I've even had people say, what's God's will for my life? I'm trying to make a decision between a Ford and a Chevy. You know, and I'm going, huh? Buy a Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, we could go on and on about that. <laughs> Here's the deal about God's word, uh, God's will. God's will is given to us. We see it out of a pure heart. God's will for us is seen out of a pure heart. The more focused we are on God, the more we shall see what God has in store for us. I want that. Do you? Isn't there a song like that? Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. May I be like you. You are the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me. This is what I pray. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. 
Change my heart, O oh God, may I be like you. You are the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me, this is what I pray. Change my heart, O oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, O oh God, may I be like you.